Justice Alito has our opinion in case 1896, Tennessee Wine and Spirits Retailers versus Thomas. This case concerns the constitutionality of a provision of Tennessee law that imposes a durational residency requirement on all applicants for a license to operate a liquor store. The particular provision at issue is part of a set of very demanding residency requirements. One provision precludes the renewal of a license unless the applicant has resided in Tennessee for 10 consecutive years. Another provision provides that a corporation cannot get a license unless every one of its stockholders is a Tennessee resident. The Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit struck down those two provisions as blatant violations of the Commerce Clause, and no one defends them in this Court. This case involves another part of the Tennessee scheme, a provision that requires applicants for a new license to show that they have resided in the state for the previous two years. After the Attorney General of Tennessee advised that this provision uh, unconstitutionally discriminates against interstate commerce, the state's Alcoholic Beverage Commission stopped enforcing it. The respondents in this case, neither of which satisfied the two-year residency requirement, then applied for licenses. In response, Petitioner, an association of Tennessee liquor retailers, threatened to sue the state if it did not enforce the requirements against respondents, and this litigation follows. Now, everyone agrees that the state's two-year residency requirement favors the economic interests of in-state residents and citizens over their out-of-state counterparts. And for that reason, the residency requirement implicates the Federal Constitution's Commerce Clause, which provides that Congress shall have the power to regulate uh, commerce among the several states. Although the clause is framed as a positive grant of power to Congress, this Court has long held that it also prohibits state laws that unduly restrict interstate commerce. This interpretation, which is generally known as the Dormant Commerce Clause, has been the subject of thoughtful criticisms by members of this Court in recent years. But the proposition that the Commerce Clause, by its own force, restricts state protectionism has very deep roots that go back as far as Chief Justice Marshall's 1824 decision in Gibbons versus Ogden. And that is not surprising. One of the main reasons for calling the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia in 1787 was to remove the trade barriers that had been erected by the states during the Articles of Confederation. And in light of the way the Court has interpreted other provisions of the Constitution that might be used to attack such trade barriers, if we now abandon the Dormant Commerce Clause principle, the result would be a Constitution that would be unrecognizable to those who convened in Philadelphia in the summer of 1787. And we therefore reiterate that the Commerce Clause of its own force prohibits state discrimination against out-of-state economic interests except in narrow circumstances. In this case, there is no question that the residency requirement discriminates against out-of-state interests, and therefore it would violate the Dormant Commerce Clause if it applied to goods other than alcohol. But because the requirement concerns the sale of alcohol, it is argued that the provision is shielded by Section 2 of the 21st Amendment. 
And to understand this provision, it is necessary to recall a bit of history. During the 19th century, Americans did a lot of very heavy drinking, and the states enacted a variety of laws that regulated or in some cases totally banned the importation, production, or sale of alcohol. Many of these laws were challenged in this Court under various provisions of the Constitution, and Congress enacted two important statutes that were designed to permit individual states to ban alcohol if they so chose. This history is recounted in some detail in the opinion of the Court. But to make a long story short, the result was basically this. A state, in the exercise of what was known as its police power, could regulate alcohol as it saw fit for the purpose of protecting public health and welfare. But its police power did not allow it to enact laws for the purpose of giving an economic advantage to its own residents. That was where things stood in 1919 when the 18th Amendment was ratified and the importation, production, and sale of alcohol was prohibited throughout the country. By 1933, the country was tired of this experiment and the 21st Amendment was adopted. Section 1 of the 21st Amendment repealed the 18th Amendment and therefore ended nationwide prohibition. But some states continued to believe that prohibition was good for the health and, self and safety of their people, and Section 2 of the 21st Amendment allowed them to remain dry. None of this is disputed. What is disputed is just how much leeway Section 2 gives the states. And in particular, does it allow them to restrict alcohol not to protect the welfare of the public, but solely or predominantly for the purpose of giving in-state businesses an advantage over their competition from out-of-state counterparts. We conclude that it does not. As we have said in prior cases, Section 2 basically constitutionalizes the authority that the states had before prohibition, and that did not include a license to enact protectionist laws. Once this is recognized, it becomes clear that Tennessee's residency requirement cannot be sustained. The provision discriminates against non-residents and has, at best, a highly attenuated relationship to public health or safety. The Association of Tennessee Retailers argues that the provision does serve the public interest in several ways. But all of these arguments are weak. I will not go through them all here, but I will mention what may be the Association's leading argument, namely that liquor store owners who have resided in Tennessee for the past two years are more likely than out-of-state owners or newcomers to know and care about the communities that their stores serve. And therefore, it is suggested they may, among other things, refuse to sell too much alcohol uh, to a person who is thought to be drinking too much or a person who is inebriated at the time when the purchase is sought. The two-year residency requirement is very poorly designed to achieve this end. For one thing, it applies to those who hold a license, not to those who actually make the sales. And for another, it simply requires residents someplace in the state, not in the community that a store serves. It is fine if the applicant for a license to operate a liquor store in Memphis has resided for the past two years and continues to live at the other end of the state in Knoxville. But if the applicant has lived just a couple of miles away on the Arkansas side of the Mississippi River, that is not okay. 
So the argument is hard to credit. And in any event, there are numerous alternatives that better serve the state's goal without discriminating against non-residents. For these and other reasons set out in our opinion, we conclude that the predominant effect of the residency requirement is to protect the association's members from out-of-state competition, and we therefore hold that the requirement violates the Commerce Clause and is not saved by the 21st Amendment. The judgment of the Sixth Circuit is affirmed. Justice Gorsuch has filed a dissenting opinion in which Justice Thomas joins.